veterans make you do anything for them? Can you tell us a good rookie story? Well, it was definitely a different era for sure. Uh, you know, we actually we actually flew commercial airlines. Right. You know, a lot of times you were uh, first of all you had to you know veteran. You know, there was only so many first class seats, and so you know the rookies usually got stuck in the back. You know, fortunately for me, I'm a normal sized guy, so it wasn't as bad sitting back in coach for me. But uh, but yeah, we all had our duties. Uh, most of the time, it was picking up everybody's luggage when we got there waiting at the baggage claim all the vets would go get on the bus and kind of boss us around and, and, and do our little things but, you know it was a great way of uh of camaraderie growing together as a team uh you know now they got it so good you know they just show up get on everybody else does everything <laughs> for them man you right. know, it's hard it's a harder way to find what to do with the rookies when they come on board William George asked this. He said, I went to Miami during the same four years that Ron Harper did. I was a big fan and was disappointed when he was traded. What were your thoughts on that trade at that time? Didn't say all the questions would be easier. (laughs) Well, you know, Ron, you know, we were part of that unbelievable draft class in 86. You know, Brad, number one, Ron, seven. I was picked 25. Uh, you know, Johnny Newman was a second-round pick who had a great NBA career. I mean, Hot Rod was sitting there waiting and to play. He had to sit out his rookie year, so it was almost like we had five rookies that first year. I, I tell people all the time, I, I I don't know that you could go to any team for a one-year draft that, that you could have, you know, gotten a better draft than, than the Cavs had in 86. And, and that was really the starting point for turning the franchise around, uh, you know, when we came in and Lenny came in and Wayne came in. Uh, it was just, uh, it was a reboot and a restart and uh, having a draft like that's a great way to kick it off. But uh, but losing Ron and trading Ron was, you know, I, I don't think any of the players, we, we were happy about that because we just, you know, we were kind of making our move at that time and it felt like it was a good fit. But you know, we uh, don't really know the reasons why that, that trade was made. You know, there's a lot more of a, a disconnect. I think back when we played, uh, management kind of made those decisions. Players didn't have a whole lot of input. You showed up and looked around the locker room, and you're like, this is who we got to play with now. So you go on and you do the best you can with it. So a, a lot of interest, a lot of eyes have been on the documentary. Bulls, Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, Mike Nedzwicki asked, have you been watching that? I have. I actually have been watching it and was kind of glad the part with us in it was over with in the third episode. So, (laughs) you know, now maybe we can actually enjoy watching the rest of it. (laughs) Dan Ayashu says, hey, Mark, I recently watched the documentary. Can you provide your perspective on that series? I'm assuming you're talking about the first round of 89. Bulls versus Cavs. Let me help a little bit by adding a little background here first. I mean, there have been so many things about that series that have been lost in the story. One of which, Mark, is that you didn't play in game one. You had a hamstring injury. The Cavs weren't 100%. The Bulls stole that game in Cleveland. Your team had to win a huge game four in Chicago to even force that game five. How about with nine seconds left? The team was down by one. Greg Elo went in and scored to give the Cavs the one-point lead with three seconds left. Um, you know, Lenny drew up the play to, to get Elo the bucket. What, what were your thoughts, Mark, uh, when you, as well as maybe some things that you know about that, of course, could have been captured in the documentary that really make the story more complete? Well, I think you, you touched on a lot of them. You know, uh, they didn't even mention that I didn't play in game one the other right. night. On, on, you know, just kind of went through the games. And, and the other thing that a lot of people don't realize, well, a couple things. One, it was a first-round series. 
Yeah. You know, you know how legends grow and the shot. And I mean, most people think that was for the world championship or something. Now, you know, it was literally the one of five, you know, the, the first round was only five games back, back when we played. And so uh, each game was just critical and it, and it went down to the wire, but also we had beaten the bulls six times that year. We had, we were six and zero against them in the regular season. We, we were clearly the favorite, you know, team going into that series. We had kind of dominated that series during the season, but due to injuries, I didn't play the first first game. It kind of put us in a hole. And yet, like you said, we went back to Chicago and won, you know, a must-win game four to bring it back to Cleveland. So it was just an unbelievable series. I mean, uh, obviously disappointing how it ended, but just the highs and lows I remember in that game, like you said, I mean, being down, being down, or being up with about 12 seconds, being down with one with nine, being up by one with six seconds. And, you know, it was basically the old adage really was true. The last team that had the ball was probably going to win that game. Unfortunately, Michael got the last shot. Willie Gibson asked this. Uh, this was part of the documentary. Do you recall Ron Hart telling Coach Wilkins he wanted to guard Jordan before that last shot took place? You know, I, I actually don't remember that. I don't know if that was a side conversation or all I know is when we got in the huddle, Lenny kind of distributed out, you know, what we were going to do. Uh, and Craig was guarding Michael. So, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, privy to, to that conversation, uh, you know. So that was something new for me to hear when, uh, you know, Ron was interviewed on, 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 the, on the telecast. Yeah, you know, as a follow-up to that, I saw a chat that you had that was led by Brad Doherty where Larry Nance Sr. said, hey, part of that was my fault. Maybe I should have forced Michael up toward midcourt more on that inbounds pass as he was able to shake Nance first to be able to take that inbounds pass. Do you think Craig got a fair shake on the documentary? It seemed a little harsh from, from my perspective. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, Craig's kind of taken the brunt of that, you know, over the years because he's the last guy seen in the, in the frame. You know, I don't know, honestly, how you can play much better defense than, than he played. I mean, he actually made Michael hesitate. He actually hung in the air, let Craig pass him, and then he shot the ball. So, I mean, it's always, I mean, everybody's an armchair quarterback. You can always go back and say, should we have done this? Could we have done that? Of course, you know, as you watch tape, you think, oh, maybe we could have tried something different. But... You know, the bottom line was was a great player got the ball and a great player made a great shot. And, and you know, we did, I thought, a pretty good job defending him. And, uh, you know, you got to tip your hat when a, guy, when a guy makes a shot like that. Bradley Sherman asked this, Mark, what do you remember most about preparing for and playing against the what Bulls and Michael me? Jordan? And did you notice the game fundamentally changed while, you know, those matchups were taking place or maybe even now? When you take a look back at those games and series, well, I, I think you know that question. I'm not not clear what what's changed. You know, immediately, but obviously, the way the game is played now has changed dramatically. You know, I think not even just our series, but then you saw as they went in to play the Pistons later, how physical the game was during that era. It's like night and day today. You just don't see that. I mean, it's just a totally different game. I mean, guys are taking 35, 40, three-pointers a game, which, man, that would be fun, man, for sure, to be able to do that. But I think there was a couple games. I was looking at some, some statistics of our series with the Bulls, and I think there were some games where there was, like, literally only eight three-pointers taken 
in a whole game by both teams combined. And so it just, it was a, the game was played differently. It was much, you know, I think an all-court, more skilled type game than, than now it's basically three-pointers, free throws, and layups type mindset. So uh, from that standpoint, the game has changed tremendously. And, you know, some to the better, but not all to the better. I, I, you know, I miss a lot of the, the great, you know, mid-range masters and, and the shots that guys were able to make all over the floor. Mark, you, you, said, you just said it. Three-pointers, free throws, layups, three things that you were incredible at during your career. Do you ever say, oh, man, when you see the way that the things have developed over the last couple of years, do you ever say, I was, man, I was born at the wrong time? Well, I certainly was born about 20 years too late as far as <laughs> as far as that goes. But uh, the only thing that would have been worse is I probably wouldn't have had as many assists, John, because I'd been putting up the threes if I had the green light like that. That's That's for sure. Great stuff. Hey, we really appreciate this, Mark. Um, let's move on to some general NBA questions. And this was this was touched on. This is a follow-up from Carl Hughes. Do you think today's NBA is less physical than it was during your career? I think you answered that. But I'm thinking specifically of the way guys like Charles Oakley, Rick Mahorn, and Charles Barkley used to play the game. And, and you know, what? let me follow up maybe a little bit to help. What has changed? I mean, is it simply the legislation that – in terms of the way they're calling the game. Obviously, they, were, they removed hand checks. So many rules have been designed to help the offense. Do you feel that that is what has brought about the change in physicality in today's NBA? No doubt. Uh, you know, I think uh, the Pistons, when they won their championships and kind of had the bad boy the bad boy image and, I mean, it was even marketed, you know, to a certain extent, I think uh, the league and the scores were, were starting to get down, you know, because – I mean, it's hard to score when you're on the floor every time you go into the paint. And uh, and so I think the NBA, wisely so, started to realize that, you know, that's not really all that fun to watch. And uh, the game of basketball is such a skilled sport. You know, uh, they made the choice to kind of unleash the offense and, you know, make it more of a free-flowing where you couldn't touch. I mean, you can't even touch a guy that's handling the ball now I mean I probably could have played five more years you know instead of getting knocked down every time I drove through the lane so you know it's uh I think from a fan's perspective it's probably you know more fun in in, in a lot of ways uh but at the same time I mean shooting 53s in a game can get a little boring too I guess Joe Munoz, uh, Joe Munoz asked this, Mark. You played in an era of phenomenal point guards. And actually, we're in an era of some pretty spectacular point guards right now as well. The question is this, Mark. Which opposing point guard did you enjoy going head-to-head with the most? And was there a guard that you considered your arch rival and made you motivated to compete? Well, probably my arch rival during that time would have been Isaiah Thomas, you know, at Detroit. They were making their run during that time. We were competing. You know, we were right there on the doorstep, uh, you know, with those guys. And, you know, Isaiah was such a great, great player, uh, Hall of Fame player. And and so I knew I had to bring my A game every every time we played the Pistons. And, you know, he'd go at me. I'd go at him. We, we went at it pretty good. It was a, you know, healthy, competitive uh, rivalry, you know. But uh, a lot of respect there between the two of us as well. But, but like you said, there was a – you know, so many great, great point guards uh, during that era. But probably because we played them so many times, you know, uh, that that was probably the biggest rivalry. 
Adam Tolowitzki asks this, is there a team in today's NBA that reminds you the most of your Cavs teams? Um, well, I'd have to, I'd have to think about that. I, I really kind of think a team I was, you know, working with last year, the Denver Nuggets, um, is a team that, uh, you know, reminded me a lot of, of our teams. You know, they got a phenomenal center who can, really pass the ball, can score down on the low post, uh, just like Brad Doherty did for us. They play a lot of their offense through him like we did with Brad. Uh, they got scoring point guard and Jamal Murray, uh, kind of like I was for, for the Cavs. And, and uh, you know, the way they play, they love to pass the ball, move the ball around, find the open man. That's kind of how we played. Uh, didn't matter. We looked always looked for where the mismatch was on a given night. might be me one night. It might be Brad one night. might be Larry you know, just go down the list and, and we just played, played the game to win as a team. And, you know, whoever could help us do it that night, we fed on the ball. All right. A couple of questions about some current Cavaliers from our wine and gold members. Mason Cole asks this, when you look Mark at Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, what aspect of their game needs to most be improved in your eyes? Well, you know, I think uh, I haven't got to see them play extensively, uh, you know, like folks get to watch them every night in Cleveland. But I think, first of all, the, the point guard position is uh, is by far, in my opinion, the toughest position uh, to play. You know, it's a scoring position now in the league, but at the same time, you're still responsible to run the show, uh, get your teammates involved, um, you know, kind of be the head coach, extension of the head coach while you're out there on the floor and and you're asking these guys to come in here you know really with one year of college experience they're both extremely young uh they gotta both have a extremely high upside uh to what they bring they're very talented and skilled you can see that on on certain nights where they they play great and then other nights they might struggle a little bit but i think that just comes comes with the territory because of their age and you know, the learning curve. They didn't have the experience coming in. I I was fortunate, you know, it was a little bit different era when I played, but I played four years in the ACC, which at that time, every point guard I played against in college made it to the NBA. And so I'm battling those guys for four years. And, you know, it was just a little bit more of a mature, you know, player when I got in the league. I mean, you're talking about players coming in now at 19 years old. You know, it's a big, it's a big learning curve, uh, stepping up from college to the NBA. But I really like both of those players. I think they both have a, have a lot of talent, and they're getting the most important thing is they're getting plenty of playing time and getting the opportunity to, to learn, make some mistakes, grow from that, and then get you know good tutelage from the coaching staff. So I think both of those guys have a bright future. Uh, they have a lot of upside, and I think they're going to be, be really, really good players as, as they progress in their uh, pro careers. Yeah, that's a great point. Mark, four years in the ACC versus one year at Alabama for Colin Sexton. A grand total of five games in his entire collegiate career at Vanderbilt for Darius Garland. All right, one more about the current players. This comes uh, from Darius Seth. Now, he says, first and foremost, Mr. Price, I would like to thank you for taking the time this afternoon to discuss your illustrious career with us. He says he's 17 years old. Uh, he's enthusiastic about becoming an NBA broadcaster as a podcast about the Cats. Here's the question. Throughout your magnificent career with the Cavs, you played alongside another iconic legend, and Larry Nance. We now have the opportunity to see his son be a strong com uh, contributor to the Cavs roster. In your analysis, what are some of the similarities you see in the two players, and what do you believe Junior can contribute as the Cavs continue this rebuilding process? 
Well, I think, uh, I mean, one, it's just an unbelievably cool situation. I mean, I can't imagine Larry Sr., you know, living in Cleveland and his son ends up playing for Cleveland, the same same team that your jersey's hanging from the Raptors. That's just uh, that's just got to be an unbelievable uh, experience in itself. But, you know, watching Larry Jr. play, he does remind me a lot of his father. You know, obviously, you see the great athleticism. You see the playing above the rim and, and just a feel for the game. I think, uh, you know, his playmaking ability, Larry Jr., is something that I really like. They can play through him on offense. Uh, he brings a lot to the table. He's a good passer. He understands things. Um, one advantage I think his dad would have on him at this point in his career, I think Larry Sr. was probably a little bit better shooter uh, from the outside, but it's, uh, that's something that I think Larry Jr. will continue to grow and get better at as his career uh, develops. But, uh, but, yeah, he's a lot of fun to watch, just like his dad was. His dad, obviously, was one of my favorite teammates of all time. And, and so uh, – I'm happy for him that he gets to go and watch his son whenever he wants.